What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, sinks and inks? Welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. As always, I want to thank every single person for their support, their continued support uh, for this channel. It's been a blast bringing you different guests, bringing you new ideas, new takes. You know the theme of the show, fresh tapes, takes, ripe ideas, makes us the best in the bunch. And I appreciate your support. Do me a quick favor. I got a few places I want you to follow and check out. I want you to go on the YouTube page, type in Lactic Acid Podcast or Lactic Acid with Dominique Smith and subscribe to the page because we have some amazing content on the YouTube page, starting with our exclusive YouTube series, Track Talk, in addition to the new series, A Bucket of Track Talk and Fried Chicken, which is hilarious, which is fun. You do not want to miss that. We're going to start that up. Now, the chicken is fried, so you know we can't do that every day. So, um, But definitely be sure we're going to be dropping some new episodes of that in September. Also, if you're on Instagram, follow the page Lactic Acid Podcast and on Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore pod and Dom Smith underscore news. And if you're listening via podcast, go ahead and subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. That's where we'll be. Hit that notification bell. That way you are alerted and updated for all the new episodes that drop, especially on YouTube. But Without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest. He is none other than Mr. John Anderson of ESPN. He is one of the fantastic anchors of SportsCenter. I grew up watching him and he is a huge track and field fan and he's played a big part in track and field when it comes to broadcasting it. If you watch NCAA championships, he's the guy doing the interviews and he does a fantastic job. We had the best conversation, man. It was incredible. Uh, we talked about everything. We talked about Ohio State and Wisconsin, and uh, we talked about his experience covering track and field and NCAAs and world championships and his love for Dwight Stones. And naturally, we sang. We sang. He's a big fan of Gladys Knight and the Pips, and we just had a little bit of a Motown old school a uh, little sing-off, if you will. Um, and we talked about a number of other things. It, you need to, you know, sit tight for this one. It's a little long, but you will not want to miss a single second of this episode. You're going to laugh, you're going to learn, and it's something you're going to enjoy. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Again, thank you for the support, and we will catch you next time. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and inks, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominic Smith. Today, we have the living legend that is on this show. I'm excited. I grew up watching him. I know you grew guys grew up watching him. Him and John Butchagross, a.k.a. Bucci Man, singing Sugar Woo Woo Woo. Shout out that. to my man, Jeffrey Osborne there. He is none other than the legend that is Mr. John Anderson. John. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. How you doing? Uh, you know, uh, you're making me feel old. Um, between <laughs> that, between having dinner with a bunch of interns the other night, I'm like, okay, I guess I've become. I'm like old buildings. I've become uh, respectable, and <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, and uh, 
and somewhat endowed with wisdom, which I don't know that I have either of those, but I, uh, you know, I'm 57. I have gray hair. So I guess I know a thing or two. I've been around the block. You are like the younger version of Robert De Niro in the intern. (laughs) So you are a, yeah. I mean, and look at him. He, he changed the world. Now, granted, he was like 130 in that movie, right? But he yeah. changed the world. You're only 57. That means can you I have... change the world though if I'm not on FaceTime or Facebook or or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter? I think it's I think it's a great thing. Yes, you can. Okay, because yeah. it makes people do things that they should be doing. Like, don't send a text message. Get on the phone and call somebody. Uh, my mom taught me this. I'm still big on this. Writing notes. Uh, I know it sounds a little cheesy, but hey, I have all the notes that people rent me and it's different than getting it from a text message. So I think you should stay good. Uh, a social media nonchalant person. Just stay Excellent. away from it. It's awful. Good. So and I spent a ton of time writing notes. So just so you know, <laughs> hey, we're, in the, listen, we're in the same ballpark. I got to ask you this question. You're from the Midwest. And I so am. I've been asking people this question um got a very the best answer i got was from our mutual friend carrie tolson um be sure to check out that episode but let's just say ben and jerry came to you say john listen we have been watching you for years you are icon you are just a whole movement Forget the icon. You are the living legend that is. You put, you put ESPN on your back, and we want to honor you. We are going to pro- give you a chance to be a part of a celebratory promotion. The promotion will include you picking two different ice cream flavors and a title for the promotion. What would the two ice cream flavors be, and what would the name of the promotion be called? uh uh let's see okay so does it have to be ben and jerry flavors it could be any flavor you want to okay i'm trying to think because i had a a great newsman in tulsa a a fellow by the name of clayton vaughn who had an off the off the charts q rating which if anybody knows media right q just says that's how recognizable you are it does not determine whether people like you or do not like you it just means do they recognize you he had a huge q rating and he said to me one time he goes listen nobody likes vanilla um, and he was not trying oh. to purposely be um, He just was like, listen, but sometimes it's the truth. If, if you do it your way, you're going to suffer some slings and arrows and people will like you and some won't, but just be who you are is his point. Nobody likes just this homogenous. Don't be vanilla. I, vanilla ice cream is fine. Uh, but I would tell you this. I probably even would, would make it Ben and Jerry because I would totally have Cherry Garcia and Chunky Monkey. I would Ooh. eat those two things. And then, uh, given my Midwestern roots, uh, the celebration would be, uh, as we do sort of in my podcast, you see here, with it would be John Wisconsin. John Wisconsin. Yes. And the theme Instead of song- on Wisconsin, we're going to have John Wisconsin, even though right yes. now I'm in Connecticut, which is kind of non-Wisconsin, but I'm uh, we're going to have John Wisconsin. And when you open the freezer, um, the fireworks yeah. go off and then jump around. Uh takes place we will but you ever notice that but they always cut it off before the second verse starts and i'll just leave it at that for those that know the song and listen to deeper into it because i don't think you can play the john McEnroe verse in a stadium anymore um, and and get away with it so on youtube they have like the over the years they Mm -hmm. have 
And so I know the song. I I, I know it is <laughs> signing right. out. And I sit there and they'll jump around, jump around. Yep. And they cut it. And before he says, I'm smacking. Right. First and 10, Wisconsin. <laughs> exactly. I'm like John McEnroe, I'd be. And then he's like, yeah, so we got to get out before that burst comes. Yes. Uh, um, if you are a little kid, uh, just make sure you listen to Jesus Loves Me, Jesus Messiah, <laughs> something that glorifies the Lord and not about <laughs> jumping around. But it's one of the best traditions in college football. So Fantastic, right? Um, awesome. I, I have mad respect. Question. Culver's yay or nay? I'm in. I'm in. In fact, when you said ice cream, I'm like, can I go? I might go. Um, you know, I might go frozen custard. But yeah, I'm totally in with them. Um, and while I enjoy their butter burger, if I go by, I prefer. Uh, there's a place in Green Bay, my hometown. There's Kroll's, K-R-O-L-L uh, apostrophe S Kroll's. There's one on the east side and the west side. Green Bay is cut in half by the Fox River. So I grew up hard on the west side. Card on the west side? Exactly. I love um, it. So I go Kroll's West, which is just across, literally, literally across the street from Lambeau Field. And, and then that's where I would go for the butter burger. But I'm down, totally down with Culver's. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Listen, this is a conversation I have with Carrie, and I agree with. We have a Culver's down here. I'm in Orlando, so we have a Culver's down here in Orlando. Right. We have a couple, actually. When I first tried it. It was like the best thing. Now, the smash burgers I'm used to because of steak and shake. Sure. But I don't know what it was, but the burgers were legit. The custards, for the, there's a couple flavors that I love. Yeah. But they have a bit of an aftertaste to it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, well, I, the there's, like I said, there's is... a couple, but. The, the the whole place is not for the lactose intolerant. Let's just oh, say no. that, man. You gotta oh, no. you gotta have your game, right? You can't. You don't want to be vegan, and you don't want to be lactose intolerant. And then, but then you can get in there and get down. Listen, let me tell you something. I my go to is the three patty butter burger with some ketchup, some pickles, some good old on Wisconsin cheese. Yep. I don't know what cow that comes from, but oh my goodness. That is the best cheese I've ever had. And it's like I, the LeBron James of cheese. It is like <laughs> literally, I think it is the, it comes from the dairy in Flavortown, USA, where uh, Guy Fieri is the mayor. That's the kind <laughs> of cheese that it comes from. That's where it, um, it originates. And a nice side of cheese curds. So this is this is the one place where I probably fall down um, in my my Wisconsin statriotism is that uh, I'm not a big cheese curd guy. Really? Well, a- I say it's to me it's unfinished cheese, right? It's it's not quite <laughs> there. It's not. I like the cheese to be finished. I don't need it in the curd stage. I want it now. Put it together. Tie it and age it. So the cur, you know, and it's just kind of squeaky in there. And I just, it's, I'm not my, I'm not totally down with it. Okay. Well, so cheese curds, uh, speaking of LeBron, what you need to do is you need to strive for greatness. Keep on. Exactly. Here you go, <laughs> man. So John and I, we have a few things in common. So we're going to be talking about everything this episode. We will get to the track and field aspect and the journalism aspect and all that fun crap. And we're definitely going to get a chance to know you outside of the profession. 
But John and I, we have something in common. We love the Big Ten. Uh, his team is on Wisconsin. My team is the Ohio State University, which they play each other this year. Okay, good. Um, I will. I'll wager you. Uh, loser has to donate to the winners' charity. Okay, well, but then I'm gonna need points because I think right now Ohio State's a better team, so we're gonna have to put something in there where it is, you know. Because if it's just straight up right now, I'm not sure I, I, I think Wisconsin is there yet. We still have not proved in um, going on how many years now that we have a quarterback that can make a difference. We have had, Graham, the, same, we've had the same quarterback for 20 years. <laughs> one interruption was Russell Wilson for one year. Oh, by the way, who couldn't beat Ohio State, um, you know. Because uh, that team was great, but other than that, uh, there to me, you can say that about Mertz. You can say that about uh, was it the the guy that went off and Jack Cohen, Cohen or Bollinger, or uh, just they're all the same guy. They're all the I, same guy. I, okay, well maybe you guys need a new QB coach. I, you know, listen, that's what the Chris are famous for. I don't know. You know, they brought this kid in. He's supposed to be all right. And he tore them all up that first game and decided, you know, I don't know that he's got five touchdown passes total since. So, <laughs> he was like but, 12 or 12 or something like that. He was ridiculous. Um, so, but yeah, I, I'll go in there, but I'm going to need a touchdown. Ohio State minus 10. I'll settle for seven. Okay, seven. I'll do that. I'll do that. All right, I'm in. We'll do the charity of choice. We will come back to that. But one thing that we also have in common is that we know the pain. And I'm so glad that I can share this and have this conversation with somebody else. This is not understands. Ohio State football because you have no pain. If you think you have pain as Ohio State football, you don't know. Then you're you're living in a, a, a in a fantasy world. Just listen to what I'm about to say. Okay. First of all, did you not see that game back in November at the end of November? Which one? Against the team up north. The team. Okay, so you mean Michigan? You were, Michigan. And in, no, I know. I know about the school up north. We mean we'd already had ten wins. But you're not supposed to lose to them. If but anyway, your worst. No, no, it's not my worst. What I'm about to tell call, you. Call me when you get a fifth down. Okay, and we'll talk. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. We know what it's like to lose to the number one team in college football in early November and October. Why is Purdue so good in that three-week time span? <laughs> that we, why, like... Well, Purdue was operating, listen, they were, when they took you down, uh, they were, that was, a, an, a, that was, team was so emotionally up because of the youngster, yeah. um, why is his Rest name? Is, yeah, that, that, that youngster, his name escapes me and I apologize. Uh, you know, that they were all up in that. And, and, and so that's that plus, and I'll be honest, I can't, this is going to get me really mad. So I had a great buddy who is uh, he's, he's a New Jersey guy, but he was in Wisconsin for four years when we were in high school. So his window was like our window. And then he lived in Detroit for the longest time. He's go blue, but he's been in Columbus like the last 10 or 12 years. And he's totally, in now on the Buckeyes and it drives me nuts. And he sent his kid there and he's like you, he's trying to tell me how hard life is on occasion when, you know, you only win by 30 or that, Oh my gosh, you lost once to Michigan. How long? 
Listen, don't compare me to. Listen, dude, you have you weren't even alive for John Cooper. Your life is great. I right was now. alive for John Cooper. Well, then two ten and one is not really good against those people. <laughs> but yes. since then, we had a guy on our assignment desk, uh, uh, Alan uh, Witt, Alan Witt, who is a great, great Buckeye. And worked for, uh, I think he worked before he came and worked on our assignment desk at ESPN, both for, I think it was the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Um, Might have been the Inquirer in Cincinnati, but I believe it was Cleveland Cleveland Plain Dealer. And he was so into him. So every once in a while, just when I decided I had enough of him, I'd sing uh, to the the tune of O Tannenbaum, O Christmas Tree. Um, (laughs) I'd sing two ten and one to him. Two, two ten, ten and, and one, one two, two ten, and, ten one. and one. John Cooper went two ten yeah. and one. Right. Oh, we can't pass. Oh, we can't run. Two ten and one. Two <laughs> ten and one. So uh, it fits in really great there for John. Uh, but anyway, but since you got yeah, you guys have not had any. But go ahead, tell me about the adversity you faced in Columbus. Listen, that's my only thing that <laughs> is just like oh, that stinks. Listen, th- there are fans that. You lose by 35 and we're, we're calling for Ryan Day's job. So I, I'm just, I'm just saying, but I mean, you lost to Oregon at home. I'm surprised the guy made it to the next week. Oh, there were people calling for his job. I'm not lying about this. It's absurd. And as you it's, know, I've had my run in with urban Myers family, which I feel bad about, um, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Let's just leave it there. But well, I had, I had to call the man and I had to have a discussion while I was in Disneyland with my daughter. Oh boy. Yeah. But I think we got it straightened out. Um, I just know his family has yet to, uh, Shelly and, and the girls have yet to forgive me, but I noticed she's not on Twitter anymore because she's decided it's a mean place and people are not nice there. And I thought, wow, that, okay. Yeah. Well, you would know that because you guys helped bury me one time, but oh, well. Oh my God. Okay. Well, what do we got next? Let's move so, on. Yes. Uh, if that Purdue loss, Okay. Well, we're going to move past Purdue. We just hope that they don't do. I also got in trouble once when I also got in trouble on ESPN. It's one of the few times I ever got called into the office. And uh, the guy said, well, admittedly, it's a clever line, but it's not what we were looking for. Uh, But it was when (laughs) Maurice Claret uh, left the program. And I said, well, he is a true Buckeye because I feel like he's a poisonous nut. And (laughs) oh, boy, that was. Again, that was a lot 20 years ago. And I just, uh, you know, a very nice man, Vince Doria, who ran our our newsroom for many years, came from the Boston Globe. And and he just decided, like you said, that that was probably it's 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 funny and it's clever, but it was not the right spot for it. So and I'm oh. like, you're right. I'll 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 assert, uh, I will uh, uh, I will not in, in agreement and I will do better next time. You are a Michigan fan and a Wisconsin fan body <laughs> with that. Well, I'm a that Missouri is... fan first and foremost for my alma mater, oh, but I grew well, up hard count. on the Badgers and that, that was great. Um, and then, and I probably, if, if, if push came to shove, I probably would, I'd probably side with the, the folks uh, up North. And yeah, of course, of course it's okay. And, and I understand the alma mater. You went to Missouri. I went to UCF. Um well, one thing that UCF and Ohio State has in common that your teams don't is that uh, we're the national champions. Uh, so, <laughs> so self-proclaimed um, or otherwise, it all counts. You got a hey, banner. Listen, a we there. have a banner, and they have they have rings and awesome. all the uh, go Knights charge on. So, <laughs> give a shout out to the to the alma mater there. But you've had a busy summer, man. You have. Um, 
what's that song that commercial i traveled everywhere on this here land that's you uh i'm going going out to the great state of oregon catching some track and field action man what's it been like this summer just recapping the world championships what was it like from your experience from your vantage point I've I've spent enough time in Oregon. I'm gonna have to pay taxes because I was out there for a week <laughs> for the NCAA championships too. Yes. So I spent I spent a week there in June and two weeks there in July. And oh boy. I don't think I have to go back this month, which is okay. Uh, <laughs> Got to go to Arkansas, take my son and daughter back to school there. Um, big suey. Exactly. Got a lot of WPS in my house. Um, so both those are they're great because like I love the NCAA track meet as well. National championship is unbelievable. You see how many of those, and then you go to worlds and there were not only a few kids who were there having run this year collegiately, like Talitha Diggs at Florida was still there or, or uh, Anna Hall or Britton Wilson who ran terrific in the 400. So there were a lot of those kids that somehow managed to stretch their season amazingly. Um, even though he didn't run great Brandon Miller at Texas A&M, a bunch of those guys. So I love that meet because it's a great meet. It is unbelievable talent. And then all those people literally show up, bam, instantly. Um, you know, people are so into the college football and the draft because they're like, we wait to that draft because now I'm going to see my guy. I'm going to see um, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Boom. And I'm going to see him with the Jags. Right. But then it struggles because sometimes he's on a bad team. He doesn't look like Trevor Lawrence. Like track people like nine, nine is nine, nine. Yep. in college yep. or in pro nine nines nine nine so i can take nine nine i can take christian coleman and i can put him right here and go i could take grant holloway and finish his season and even though he got beat at the uh, nationals um when he won his first national cha- first world championship but i can take that guy and it'll be there and so it's great and so not only do was the current crop there but over the last decade so many of these people i call them kids only because a i'm older but b they were in college when i first met them right um yeah and so i see these kids and so many of them that i covered that run um and not just for the u.s you know they're great u.s people when you talk about grant holloway um or i guess he's technically swedish but there's mondo um or a thing or tyra gittens um so you know to know all those people so you see that meet that you're there in july in june for and it's terrific um and then you go see july and now it's the world championships, which is just a whole bunch of different great, right? Instead of hearing, here's two people that might run nine, nine, here's 17 of them that can, or, or 15, and you know, only eight are going to make the finals. So it was neat for the first time um, to, to be there and see that I'm old enough that I remember when the first world championships happened in 1983 in Helsinki. And I can remember watching that. Um, uh, I had just finished my, my senior year in high school and just watching in amazement, you know, at, at first off, they had this world championship, but all those people that were so good and so amazing. And, and, you know, that just further kind of lit my fire for the sport. So to actually go see it was phenomenal. And then sort of to contrast it, if I could, to see it with people and fans there, because I was in Tokyo where there weren't fans um, and covering that, which was really just, crazy you know to watch some of those performances you know you watch that that the the four by uh the 400 hurdle race with uh with Varholm and DeSantos and our guy Ry Benjamin 
and watch everybody just destroy the world record and everybody's setting PRs and national records. And, but there's just a smattering of clapping, you know, like, you know, yeah. and you're up, you're up 30 rows calling it and you're screaming and you're like, I bet they can hear me. Um, so <laughs> this time, right. When Sid's coming down and you see her and she, you know, she's going to just bust the world record. Mine like literally assaulted it. Oh, um, gosh. Uh, but now the place is exploding. And so that was, that was amazing too. So um, it's like, it's to me, it's like every major national competition, world global competition you have. At some point, somebody complains about something. The buses don't run on time. Um, the the media room is too small, or you know they the the guy the dorm rooms are terrible. Somebody's there's always a complaint about something. Yeah. And then the athletes come out and they perform and they're so good that you go, what a great championship! It's unbelievable, and they cover up all the warts that might be there. It's know? crazy. So I listen. You're not on social media. But the complaint now, which was a visible concern, and I, I'd, I'd even, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I said, I hope that it, this is not the trend headed into the world championships. What was the crowd size? Yep. Because it wasn't, hey, you have so many events out there. In my opinion, you know, it was like, okay, maybe that's too many. Um, and, and it's not because of the big. I think it was. It is, it's, it's hard to get it working. It's hard to get specifically in Eugene uh, because it's such a small town and it's a track town. And the flights into Portland got to be just unreasonable. Um, But I think the one that suffered the most was the U S national championships. Yeah. You know, pre was okay. Um, The NCAA comes with a built-in kind of fan base. Mom, dad, aunts and uncles are going to be there. There's enough athletes and support people that even with that, it kind of looks sort of filled. Yeah. Um, I think USA suffered. And I thought for the most part, um, you know, every once in a while, you know, on the, on the backstretch, because the sun was so hot beating there, you didn't have quite as many folks. But I thought it was okay. Um, they kind of got lucky in that originally, you know, you had to have 32.5. That was the bill. The, bill, the, the bid, you had to have 32,500 seats. And that's, they had the temporary to do that. And then when they put in the large experience board that was literally ate up all of that last bend between three, the curves on three and four. Um, so they probably had like 19,000 seats, which was enough. So it looked fairly full. If it had been that many people in 32, it would have looked drastic um, and yeah. bad. Um, but, you know, tough time traveling still hard. It was cost prohibitive. You had four straight meets there. I do still think there's some COVID lag of people looking to wait and get out. Um, but by and large, I thought it was great. I, I think to sell it as sell out every night would not have been true. Um, but I thought I thought it was reasonably well attended. You know, what was what was your favorite or one of your favorite moments? Sid, here's the thing. I don't know what to say. I still don't know what to say. I tried to do a show and it was just like I was talking yeah. And my volume was on mute and nobody could hear me because I just didn't. I thought she would. Yeah, I'm thinking 5125, 5109. Yeah. But the fact that her time could have been a qualifier for a relay spot at USA's. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a place that she would have gotten. She, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Sid is, and she's only 22, which is just so she's amazing. Yeah. And I tell this to everybody too, because so I saw her at Penn Relays and I, I know her just like this big from the Bowerman. 
enough that like, if I see her, I can say, hello, Sydney. And she'll say, you know, and then we move on. She's a quieter person, right? Like, so I don't pretend to know her great other than like, I would write. Um, but I saw her at Penn. And so she nodded and she got done afterwards. And I said, oh, by the way, congratulations. I hadn't seen her since she got engaged. Congratulations. Well, I didn't realize she was getting married the next week. Literally. Oh, wow. Have you seen her wedding pictures? Yeah. Yes. So here's incredible. what I tell people. I'd marry either one of those people. I don't care. <laughs> Have a draft. Like it's the best looking couple ever. Right. They so are, if somebody yeah. said, I'm a Mary Sid, I'm like, fine, I'll take the groom. Or if somebody said, I'm going to take you, I'm like, I'm in. I don't care. Like they're just uh, like, it's the best looking two people I've ever seen in my life. It was so, like the Kentucky Derby met the Super Bowl. Right. And I'm like I said, so I did. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Just uh, you can have first pick. I'll just take what's ever left over. It's great. Um, so she was. Yeah, she was amazing. Um, I still don't know. Like it's, we tend to go Beeman-esque. Right. Um, and it's not quite there. Like Beeman skipped an entire foot. Right. So it's not quite there, but it but it's close. Um, the other thing about Beeman esque is nobody saw it coming. Like he was good and he was supposed to be a favorite. You know, he was up there. He was favored with with uh, with Ralph Boston and everything. But I'm not sure anybody thought he was, you know, two feet better than everybody else. Like people, you know, Sid was going to be that good. And it was just right. like you said, you thought maybe it could be this world record. You know, people didn't see the Beeman record coming and then let alone by that. So I don't quite go Beeman esque, but it was still shockingly low, just like Barholm was at Tokyo. Like it was shockingly low. Um, but my favorite part is purely selfish in that part of my role there for the international broadcast crew was I just did individual field events. So they had the integrated feed where everybody saw all the races and then they dip into the field event here and there. But I would just do the field event. So I was just, you know, one day I just did the men's high jump, which was awesome because I'd never seen Barshim in person. Um, and then one day I had the women's hammer throw, which was, you know, terrific. Yeah. Um, and that's another one of those where like, I kind of gotten to know Cameron Rogers a little from Cal and there she is throwing for, you know, and I did the javelin. So there's Carol Winger on her last throw and she, oh, right. Amazing. Was, that was awesome. So the last event I have is I have the men's oh. pole man we have mondo and now he makes that he takes the first attempt at the world record and he it's it's he gets up off the ground and and he doesn't make it but you're like but now he sits it out and and because he's got five minutes and because they're starting the last relay he sits it out so now both four by fours are done and it's just him he's the last athlete in the competition it's the last event it's the last day it's the and so to do that and be able to call that was phenomenal which is great and uh and i texted him later i said dude one of these days you're gonna come down with snow on you because he's just <laughs> so he's just, you know at some point he's just gonna be that high um and uh so it was neat because like i said because i kind of know that kid a little bit uh from his year in college and um and i had prepped really hard it got thrown at me late so i called uh, joe dial i don't know if anybody knows joe joe is a used to have the world record joe's a great oklahoma uh, he's an Oklahoma state legend. He's uh, well, he was a, a, a Povo legend. Like I said, he's had the world record a couple of times back when it was about 1904, um, not 1904, which is how far it seems like it was back then. Um, and he coached at Oral Roberts university for many, many years. And he's terrific. So he, he coached me up and then he and he and Mondo's dad were great friends. So I got some insight there, but to be there to call the last guy, and the last event and the last run and the dude decides to go 621 was, uh, you know, that was, that was pretty good stuff. Just 
watching that, like it, it was, it was just a match. I just, that was one of those moments where almost with Sid, I just still don't know what to say because right. it was like the whole world, whole world was looking at him and it was like, we're done. We're no, 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 no. We're, we're not done. We have one more. Yeah. And he just crushed it. He just, the, thing, the thing with he and Sid, both, they both made it look shockingly easy. Like he cleared that and you're like, wow, he's okay. So now we know the world record can be 630 because he had that. He just buried it. It wasn't even close. And it was like Sid where the clock probably is a little less cooperative with her, but you know, she came off and you're like, this is the best field in the world. Um, you shouldn't be a full hurdle in front of everybody. This isn't, you're not back at, at, in, in high school in New Jersey where you beat everybody by a thing, or even, you know, even the NCAA for one year where you beat everybody, like she beat everybody by like a full hurdle. And that just, that just isn't, that's not right. You know, no, not in things that, not in things that are measured and determined by hundreds, you know, and then she's not supposed to be two seconds better than everybody in the event. And then she says, I feel like we could have gone faster. It's like, what? So. Yeah. So amazing people. What made you now you have honestly brought track and field to a new generation from an ESPN standpoint. I, I credit you for that because the network is not as big on track and field as clearly as NBC. But the one person that we know will be on an ESPN broadcast is John Anderson. Talk to me a little bit. Well, yeah, we, we, we need you, man. Yeah. <laughs> so just talk to me about why it was important for you to be on the front yeah. end of the worldwide leader in sports, really digging in track and field yeah. when it comes to. And coverage. I'll tell you what's really strange too. And I tell this to people and they're like, wait, um, cause I love the sport and I would like to see it grow. And I would like to see it assume a greater position on ESPN because I think it's phenomenal. And when we show it, it's amazing. Cause it still rates and people watch, but sometimes I feel like I can do more good if I'm in studio than if I'm at the NCAA meet or if I am at, um, the world championships, because, uh, because I've been there long enough, um, you know, I have some pull and so I can make sure things get in the show. I can kind of leverage some things. So like uh, the big example of that was one time I was not at the, uh, excuse me, I was not at the Texas relays and I get this note from Jill Montgomery and Dwight stones, both. And they're like, Tara Davis, Tara Davis just jumped seven meters. Crazy. You know, first collegian to do that. Uh, and so I can say to our guy, Hey, you know, whether it's a top player or whatever, let's, we need to get this in and then it's in when I'm not there, Sid McLaughlin runs a world record and it's number 10 on the top plays, which is embarrassing. Yeah. It should have been number. If you're going to do it in the top plays, it should be certainly number one, but not number 10. What was number one? A great baseball catch. Probably. I don't know, but there'll be another great baseball catch tomorrow. And so that just get it just got thrown in there and that that's 
you know, it's just not right. Or we showed uh, the uh, Toby Amundsen, the, the Nigerian gal set the world record, but we put down there, the world record was 1206. And so I had, I, I'm in the wild duck having a beer and I see it. And now I got to text my people like, Hey, that's not the world record that she didn't do there. But Mondo doesn't make the show. She does what Mondo does. If I'm there, Mondo's going to make the show. So sometimes it, I wish that would happen. But um, so I have always been crazy. Back to the original question. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a track fan. And I did growing up. All I wanted to do in life was literally be Dwight Stones. You want to think how crazy that is? I lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Didn't want to be a Packer. Wanted to be Dwight Stones. And now to work with Dwight Stones is really odd um, in that way. And so... Um, and that was before I actually even participated in the sport. I came to the sport late as an actual athlete. Um, and so I, I've always followed it and I've always had interest and always been there. And it was literally a decision of economics. I had been at ESPN now 15 years or whatever, and we were negotiating a contract and they were very generous, but they said, Hey, here's where we can go. This is it. But um, is there anything else that you'd like to cover that you haven't that we think we could? be in and i had we had changed sort of our golf coverage so i was no longer going to the u.s open um, but i'd done the u.s open i had done a british open i had done the nba finals done a lot of stuff right Been like it was great and i said well oddly enough i said um i'd love to do track and field and if there's a place to do it and so it started by getting uh i got five days five meets put in my my deal so i got two sec the sec indoor sec outdoor NCAA indoor, NCAA outdoor, and then the New York marathon. And now we have the Boston marathon. And now I get to do the cross country meet NCAA cross country meet uh, and the SEC cross. So it's my portfolio is growing. Um, but that's, that was literally them saying, we don't have, you know, we don't have 10 more dollars, but is there something you want to do? And I said, this is what I'd like to do. Um, and I had been involved some on the side. I hadn't been doing coverage for ESPN, but I had started doing the Bowerman Award um, for the U.S. Uh, College Track and Field Coaches Association. It's along USTFCCCA. CCCCCC. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I won't tell you how I pronounce it if you try to actually say the word because it, it would get bleeped. Um, so, but there are just so many, I, I just still think it's untapped. There are so many, um, great performers. There are so many great, um, athletes performances. I think it still translates. I tell people when I was going out to the world, some people go, I kind of used to, I, I, you know, everybody ran track in high school. Good for them. Um, but they said, I don't, you know, I don't know if I really like track. I said, here's my, here's how, here's my litmus test by asking anybody. Do you know, do you remember who the fastest kid in your neighborhood was? Of course you do. Everybody remembers who the fastest kid in their neighborhood was. Yeah. Cause that's a cool thing. So in Eugene for two weeks, I was in the fastest neighborhood in the world. Yeah. And Fred Curley's the fastest kid in that neighborhood right now. Um, but I should go get my picture of Fred for you. Um, Please do. Let's, let's use that as the heading for this article in store and then the podcast. Hang on one sec. Anyway. So I think people love it and I'm going to go get my picture of Fred. Hang on, won't take long. No, it is okay. This is, I guess this is what people would call dead air. But no, we're back. Okay, I was, no, I was about to go to whole spiel. Okay. All right, let's see. Well, first, so here's Devin Allen. Oh, man. He was that not is... ruled for a false start there. 
Free um, my dog, Devin Allen. He didn't do anything, literally. Oh, my gosh. That is... So is that Fred Curley or R&B singer? I don't... Right? It looks like he might be, you know, you about to get your swerve on, like he's singing something there. And then just for good measure, I have uh, I have uh, Ryan Krauser in a hat. That is the old... That's the low-key old town road. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, these, so, these, these are posters my wife won't let me hang in the bedroom, like when I was does, 12. Otherwise, oh, they'd all be on my wall. Does Curley know you have this? Uh-huh. Okay. I love yeah. it. I... Yeah. Fred looks like a R&B singer that's about to drop some fire content headed into the fall, like Cisco. What's, what's that thing with Usher where he's doing the watch this? Yeah, that's... Yeah. You, right. you got to see, because he got the hoop earring. Fred, listen. Fred looks like he's about to sing something going to help people make babies. John said it, not me. <laughs> I'm so. just telling you. <laughs> What what is uh Jeffrey Oz? What 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 did Bucci Man say? Chicken right. woo 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 and the woo woo woo. Yeah, so all of them. What like I feel track to me is like I so if anybody knows anything about me, people know that this body was built on fried chicken. I believe <laughs> that fried chicken yeah. is bad for the body, but it is so good for the soul. And there are so many wonderful things that you can do with chicken and track to me is like a wonderful piece of chicken that you can creatively you can bake it you can grill it you can make right. a soup out of it you can fry it you can have a sandwich you can have nuggets you can have stir fry you can have faux right. or pho, whatever the it's right. really good and so have my boy, think, you can have my boy, uh, uh, Lyndon Victor, make curry chicken, which is unbelievable. Yes. What do they say? Too much sauce? You, there's like, there's so much that you can do with it. And for you, what is it that just, just thinking big picture? Because, I, and I mean, I, this, this, this platform started in November with the hopes, and obviously we're very young. And, you know, we're still trying to grow by mm -hmm. week. That means me <laughs> as the one man showing this. Still trying to go, still trying to, you know, innovate. And I have my own style in how I do it. But it is to, at the end of the day, help tell the stories of these wonderful athletes that deserve right. to have their story told and elevate the sport. And I know there are so many people who are like me who are doing the same thing, including yourself. So I gave you a piece of chicken and just say it's track and field. What dish are you trying to make in order to help satisfy the need, the taste, and the palate of this sport? Uh, well, I think at, at this point, I'm trying to prepare something that the most people will like, right? I would like to make the biggest audience possible. So I will, I, you know, so I'm not going to go crazy with that, you know? Um, yeah. I'm not going to go healthy. Right. I'm not since I'm not competing. This is not a skinless, you know, grilled with broccoli on the side. Listen, I have a motto, too. If you can't fry it, don't buy it. So I'm with yep. you right there. Listen, I come from Wisconsin, right? Like, hey, here's a cheese curd. What should we do with this? I don't know. But let's start by deep frying and we'll see where it goes. But and it, but you it's incomplete, it's incomplete um, like you said. So that's right. a bad. Yeah. Right. And you got to do that. But 
Um, so that, that would be the first thing. I don't know exactly what I would do, but it's going to, I need it to be, you know, maybe it could be fried chicken cause it's for the best, uh, the widest audience. And I know that we can do that. And I know that will be delicious. Um, cause I want as many people in the tent as I can. Right. You know? And so if I'm telling people here, I'm having chicken come in the tent, I want you to see all this, but I'm doing, you know, uh, um, some again even curry chicken i'm not sure how many people i'm gonna get it's a shame if they did it maybe that's what track is maybe if you go like no no try the curry chicken you go wait this is unbelievable that's this actually brilliant be, because right? curry has so much weight like so, so many may, right, layers so maybe that's flavor. what it is we're like come come for the fried chicken but when you get a hold of the curry chicken you go like wait this is what i've been waiting for all my life i need this this is okay i'm here i'm for it you know um, so maybe we need to do that. I mean, we need to kind of lure them in with a little of this, but then go here, here's what, uh, what we really have because it is. And it's, I look at it too, is it's so many sports. Um, it is, I always argue when we, when, you know, the guys that go to play by play for basketball at our place, so you get a day or two, they call them a prep day. You get to prep. I'm like, how hard is it to prep for seven guys, maybe eight tops on each side. And they run around in a 94 foot rectangle. How hard is that? Like I go to the SEC meet, we got 14 teams outdoors and 19 events. Are you kidding me right now? And by the way, only about six of them are related. You know, the 100 <laughs> and the 200 are about the same and maybe the, you know, the, the five and the 10, but the shot put's not like the high jump, which is not like the pole vault, which is not like the discus, which is not like running the hundred meters, which is not like running the 10 K, which is not like running the 800. Um, so that's the other thing. Like there's stuff for everybody. Um, and that's part of, it helps that, you know, I'm always torn by the world championships or the Olympics. Like you require me to watch for 10 days, which is a big ask, but yet there's enough stuff going on that I'm busy, but not so much that I miss something. And I right. think people enjoyed that part of thing too. You're watching the four by 400. And now we're, here's a, here's in time. We're showing that we're throwing the hammer in the stadium, which they didn't, they usually throw it outside the stadium. Um, and then you're watching Mondo and you see all this stuff going on. And, and so I think all of that stuff is, is what's amazing. You know, you don't want to, you get, sometimes it's, it's, it can be too much stuff. I think you could compress it. I get what they want for TV is harder to do that into two hour windows, but you know, that's one of the advantages of doing the world championship of the Olympics is when we spread it out. Now I can focus on three or four finals and some qualifiers and that two hour window. And it's great. Your ask is only that two hours. But now you're also asking me for for nine days, whereas sometimes we're like, OK, what you really need is about four hours and, mm -hmm. you know, and three days. So right. and if it's done right, um, you know, then then the heats are OK. You, you know, if I had to just take the final, I will. But in, in this case, when there's so many good people. Um, I want to see my 200 heats so that I can see Noah Lyles in one. And I can see Kung Fu Kenny in another one. And I can see Arian Knight in another one. And I can see Fred in another one. And I can see uh, Christian Coleman didn't run. Uh, you know, but I can see each of those guys. And I want to see him go through the rounds because um, in their case, it happens so fast, right? I want to I want to see him run more than once. Kung you know? Fu Kenny, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I owe him an apology. Didn't think he was going to do it, did you? I have not picked him for a medal stand yet. But he is. It's right. He can't hear. You. He's got a silver medal over each ear. Yeah, I, I, I know. It's 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 crazy. 
like I'm trying to figure out who in sports in any other sport would you compare Kung Fu Kenny to? Because he is the American. If you're going to say he's, if we're going to stick to track, to me, he's the American version of Andre de Grasse. Mm. Um, but in sports, I'm trying to think of that one team or that one player who was like, nah, they're not going to, nah. And yeah. then right now just... he's kind of he's kind of got he's kind of got DeMar DeRozan with the Bulls written all over him like okay here he is I think he's okay the Lakers said eh no nah, we'll take you know we'll take we'll do the the Westbrook Russ. thing it goes over and he just he just crushes it and everybody's like damn he's an all-star he's put his team on his back they got him in the playoffs I got they got hurt somebody but they're like that you know and all of a sudden you're like why didn't we why didn't more people get on the why were more people not bidding for DeMar DeRozan? And why the hell did the Lakers decide that, you know, they wanted another guy who was a heavy ball handler, which is fine. I love Russ and that's his job. Like, you know, that, you know what he is coming in, but how are we going to put it? We're going to pair him with another guy who likes to have the ball in his hands. And, and, and then a guy that gets hurt every time. Cause he falls down. He looks like he's made of balsa wood. So I, I he's, got a little, <laughs> he's got a little DeMar DeRozan in him. I, like I that. think, you know, that you go, damn, wait, no, he's really good. And the thing about DeRozan is right after it's done, you go, I knew he was really good too. I don't know why I got fooled. You know, like yeah. Kenny's really good. And you're like, wait, how'd I get, fo- how'd I get, you know, how'd I get fooled? He's, uh, he, he reminds me of a little bit of Lou Williams without the wings. <laughs> and the like, strip joint. Yeah. <laughs> And the lemon, the lemon pepper, Lou's lemon pepper wings over at whatever it was called, miracles. I I, I forget. But um, Lou is a bucket getter. Like he, like I, I okay, fine. Yeah. So maybe not Lou. So let's Jamal Crawford. Jamal yeah, only Crawford, only one dude's twenty three and the other guy's forty three, but close. Yeah. Listen, Jamal Crawford can shake a twenty three year old with those handles that he has. He was like forty and went for fifty or whatever it is. You're like, wait, he still got it. You know, yeah. It, uh, it, by the it, way, he's he is an he's a sports center favorite. Um Kenny or Jamal, Jamal? Jamal Crawford. He's a he's a sports center thanks to Kenny Maine. You know, so we used to for a long time almost at the end of every show, we would just remind people that uh that um Jamal Crawford is still available. <laughs> Trying to get him back in the league. <laughs> but and he's there's he's a guy on a Twitter. Guy. Rob Perez, he does the same thing. He used to do the when the Lakers were losing bad. He would always tweet out, Kent Bazemore is ready to play. Um, <laughs> yes. so, yeah, it's Jamal Crawford. I want to play a quick game before we switch to off-the-track stuff. Okay. I'm going to name five athletes, including ourselves. I want you to name the NFL team that matches how good or how bad you think this person was. Okay. If you had to, like, an NFL team to describe how you were as an athlete. Um, boy, what's, what is, um, passionate, but middling Detroit, <laughs> Detroit. Dumps. Okay. Now listen, I wasn't in 16. I admit I once won a meet where I was the only competitor. Um, <laughs> a win is a win. I don't know. Passionate, but, um, so, you know, I don't want to go with the Browns currently right now, <laughs> you know, um, 
Maybe I could, maybe the Titans, I think people, I think they like them. The Titans are there, but you're just like, I think they're good, but they're not really good. And some days you have a great day and you fool you long enough to think, okay, maybe they're something in the end. You're like, nah, they're just, they're just an okay team, you know? Okay. So, and that was me. I was okay. Like I said, I tell people I won two meets and one of them, I was the only dude. And (laughs) I, and I, only reason I know this is not because I collect trophies or anything, but I had, I was speaking to the Wisconsin Coaches Association, which is a large group, like a thousand people. And I had to go. And so I was trying to go. I'm usually pretty self-deprecating about it, which I have to because I was a high jumper and I work with Dwight Stones. Hey, um, I could tell you about the time I set the county record and Dwight could go, hey, let me tell you about the time I jumped higher than anybody in the history of the world ever. (laughs) Twice. And then I did it four times. So like, I can't get into that argument. right? So no, I gotta, it's like, you want to see me jump higher so than easy, the world record? Want to see right, me do so it it's again? easier to kind of downplay it, but I do remember. So I, I, I think the meet, I, the meet I won by myself, I will go, I won at 610. So that's a respectable height, right? Yeah. For a dude? You, for a, yeah. For a middle, you, for leap, a, you, yeah, you leap a middle, Chris a middle class white kid who's six, three, six, six, that's really good. But Here's how much confidence I had in the athlete. I think I'm pretty sure I started at like six, two, just to make sure I made a bar <laughs> and knew I was going to win. And then we moved it up. Cause I'm like, damn, if I start at like six, eight and blow it, I will have literally lost a meet when I'm the only dude in it. So that, that is, that sh- should tell you where my confidence kind of was when I came down. So I, I, I guess we'll, we'll go Titans. That's a high track and field IQ because so, I used to, I was on the weightlifting team back in high school, and there was a kid, he was a running back, and he came in at 345 on the bench press. No, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 355 on the pr- bench press. Missed all three times. Was the favorite to arguably win states. Missed all three attempts. Zero. Zero. So I think that's a great, that is a high track IQ. Yeah. yeah. And so, yes. You, are, you know what? I'll start telling people, here's how bright I was instead of going, here's how nervous and lack, lacking in confidence I was. I'll yeah, play you you're right. That's a, that, that's much more the glasses half full. Hell, that's the glasses three quarters full. I appreciate that. I'll go with that. Yeah. That's if you tip it over some milk yeah. falls out. So, okay. So we'll go with that's where I'll go Titans. Okay. For me, I have to go a little lower. So my highlight was I beat Ray Lewis's son in the shot put and okay. uh, regionals. But you would think that would be first place, but it wasn't anywhere close to first place. Mm-hmm. My track and field career, I say, would be remit, would equate to the Bears offensive line. Currently? Yes. Okay, because the 85 Bears were great. No, I mean currently. <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> that's, got, uh, there's some holes in that game then uh it, you might you every once in a while you block them up though justin fields will be safer if he played seven on 11 let's <laughs> just put it that way <laughs> two hand touch in the seven okay. deal, yeah <sighs> so you beat ray lewis's kid see i i judge by the people i lost to i'm like hey you know what i got hammered in the triple jump in high school by kenny harrison and uh, I got beaten the high jump at a meet one time by uh, Hollis Conway down at USL um, back when they called it USL. Now they just call it Lafayette. Um, you know, yeah, I got beat some when Eric Metcalf, um, the great, you know, he was a really good NFL player for what, 10 years, yeah. but was a really, really good long jumper and still hangs around the sport. Uh, in fact, he was out at the world's um, and he, after his long career, he gets traded late to the Cardinals. And I'm working in Phoenix. And so he's first day. We sit down. We're going to talk. Here's the new guy. And I look at him. I look him right in the eye. And I go like, 
you, you don't even recognize me, do you? And so now he's like, and I said, uh, I said, I got thrown into the long jump once uh, late in a meet for my coach trying to help me get my letter. And there were only like four guys. And so if they threw me fifth, I could still get a point. And I said, and you beat me by like three and a half feet. And he about oh. fell out of his chair laughing. <laughs> he's like, I, like for a minute, he was legitimately like, okay, how did I, how do I not know this guy? Like, should I, did I diss oh. him somewhere? No, I'm just like, yeah, we were yeah, in a meet where we ended up and, and you crushed me. Um, it's so crazy. And I'm going to get to the rest of the questions later in our rapid fire. But you, you say that, isn't it crazy? Like some of the people that you watched or was on, were on the, was on the same track and field mm-hmm. as you are just lighting it up. Like, dude, I Marf- watched a hundred meter race that had Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker in it. Oh, you win. Okay, cool. You, you, yeah. <laughs> now he has a 30 for 30 series. And no, I sat there. Rod Woodson ran in the hurdles, Hall of Famer. And then in the hundred, Bo Jackson was in it with, uh, with, with Herschel Walker. LSU uh, Paper Tiger Invitational over spring Mar- break. Marvin Bracey went to school 10 minutes from. Uh, my high school and he used to run at our track his coach ricky argaro was the coach at so i'd say my class was the first class to ever win districts right nice so marvin used to come and marvin was marvin was winning the states with like a pulled hamstring like running back i'm not even kidding so like (laughs) yeah literally to see him like yeah it's just like like i been watching him race but i tell you what school. the rest of those guys they they just pile on marvin like <laughs> i don't have the twitter but i know about the twitter and they burn in norwood and they burn and fred they are killing him oh my gosh trayvon and Bob. he takes it he just takes it man because he can he can dish it too like but, it's, it's yeah, the but that's always good man they are just uh, who was somebody said, listen, if you, even if, oh, I think it was Vernon. Vernon was like, yeah, when I was doing the stuff for Sidious magazine, he's like, man, even if, even in Marvin and one, we were, we were still going to pile on him. <laughs> Just like, like that's Vernon, the next day Vernon goes, at least I didn't fold like Marvin Bracey in the last 10 meet. Oh my, oh boy. That's yeah. And, fantastic. And, uh, yeah. But that's what you, you talk about that. That's where you think like, if NFL players did that, which they do, they make big news and people laugh about it or, you know, they don't, you know, if they realize it's all in fun, but people play that up. People, when the NBA, when they do that, they go crazy. Like the tracks got those characters. They They, have, they they have good stories and they have great characters, right? There are guys that are characters in there. Grant Holloway is a character. Oh man. Um, Right. So those guys, there are dudes that are just like Joe, Joe Kovacs is that way. You know, our boy, our boy Tundi went and got lit at Denny's. There are dudes that are, <laughs> are characters in at three, day. at three o'clock in the morning. God bless my guy. That's my oh, guy, man. I got to get him on the show. Cause I need to know how, how do you get lit on a grand slam? Like <laughs> first off, who's uh, what a genius guy that said, you know what? We should put a bar in, in our Denny's. And so there's a bar in the Denny's. That's the thing. That is a, that's a genius. He didn't have to go to the wild duck. One stop he, shopping. Come on also, in. Uh, on a scale of Aaron Donald to the worst player you ever seen. How lit is the wild duck? I went there. Yeah, once. I don't I think it's actually fairly tame. It's just busy. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's yeah, just it's not yeah, it's not people going a cuckoo. I mean, 
in the end, all those people probably had to get up and run at 6 a.m. They all wanted <laughs> to go out and have a run. And so good for them, you know. Yeah, I, which, <laughs> the majority which, I of them are like, well, okay, here it is. We've got that, you know. So Listen. maybe I'll have one more truly before I get out of here so I can go <laughs> make sure I make it to the park for that, that you know. For that, that 10-mile stroll or whatever, which will put yeah. you in Springfield or mm -hmm. – but yeah. listen, so that's that. My thought is, yeah, it's it's packed, but I don't know that it's 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 lit. off the chain, as the kids say. I thought it, say. yeah, used to say because <laughs> they that that went out of style. I still say it because I'm an artifact, but uh, yeah, the young kids nowadays they say lit, so I have to say lit that too. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like this, this I almost said groovy, but you know, this yeah. crazy but the place. Other part of, the other part about it that's neat is that you'll just like everybody shows up there at some point. Yeah. Literally. Even, even, if, even if they've just competed or you, or even if they're no longer in there, cause you literally walk by and you go, I'm pretty sure I just saw Sebco. Right. Cause just everybody, <laughs> just everybody shows up and you're like everybody that you go, that kind of looks like somebody that's actually who that is. Yes. You know, in the running, in the running world is there. So that's kind of the difference. Whereas you go to, you know, you go to the Waffle House in Atlanta and go, I think that guy kind of looks like Matt Ryan. If you're the Wild Duck, you're like, no, that's Matt Ryan. Yeah. You know, and the Wild Duck, or if you're in Atlanta, he's like, no, that was just a guy that kind of looked like him. Oh, it could have been Doug, like, you know, somebody impersonating Matt Ryan. Yeah, but those are, you know. Uh, I love it. I mean, they had some fries that had steak and whatever in them. That's that's the only reason I, I kind of love it. I don't know. Yeah. I was like pointing at the menu. Whatever that is, just make sure the steak yeah. is cooked. All I know well. is they didn't have a Bud Light, which that's all right. I had, you know, I can drink a Michelob Ultra, but I'm just pretty much a, you know, I'm just a straight easy. I don't need, you, you know, like some Bud sort of, Light. I'm I am not a shock top left handed. I'm not brand I'm, malted thing. Just give me just give me a Bud Light, man. I went to school in Missouri. I'm good. I, that I don't has to that. be a Missouri thing because I had a Bud Light, so or I decided. I'll take a Miller. To... I just I, I'm all right with the microbreweries are fine. I like I have a shirt somewhere from Anheuser Busch that says "We spill more than you make." That's and I'm fair. down with that. Listen, I may be get crucified for this, but if it's Bud Light, Miller Light, Austin Light, Daryl Light, don't matter. It I'm tastes in. like it tastes like cat urine to me. I'm just being honest with you. I'm it's all right. We all drink uh, what we drink. Yes, you forgive know, me, America. I'm not mad. What are three things that also, there's a bunch of pictures of you <laughs> at like the wild duck and taking pictures with people. So uh, if you thought that was John because That's because I'm not misbehaving. I'm just there. I'm having a, a, a beer or two, visiting with folks, and I'm on my way. You were standing straight. Everybody else was leaning. So, like, yeah. you know, that, mm -hmm. that's, that's all good. My Christmas tree is straight. It's straight. <laughs> hey, I'm with that. I like that. I'm start using that. <laughs> Three things people don't know about you. Uh, that they don't know about me, boy. Because by now, people know I'm. I got season tickets to the Packers. I didn't know that. Um, season pack pack uh, ticket holder to the Packers. Now most people know that I I ran. They didn't. You know, most people didn't realize that all the time. I got in trouble with people at on the message board one time at let's run. Cause I made a, a, a joke that they didn't like, but it was a joke when I said, the only thing more boring than track is field. Um, but it, was, <laughs> it wasn't my joke. It was the guy that used to, the guy, a guy named uh, uh, Jones Ramsey, who was the longtime SID at Texas. Right. So the, he, the guy knew about the Texas relay. So that was just his joke. The only thing more boring than track is field. 
which I thought was really fu- funny. So that I is funny. Just make it right. Just making a joke. But, you know, most people in track don't have a big sense of humor. So they know all the Francis in track and field lineup. Yeah. So first first they yeah, first they just just gutted Van Pelt because um, uh, they thought it was him. And then Van Pelt's like, it's not him. And then so they found out it was me. And then they gutted me. And then one guy go, didn't he run at Missouri? And they look at him like he was. Yeah. Not only did he run there, he was the captain of the team. Well, he oh. shouldn't be making fun then. I'm like, come on. You know, as oh, wow. OK, let me. Not so let's see. So, OK, that they don't know about me. So I'll, I'll, I'll do this maybe. But uh, so I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I've seasoned Packer tickets, my favorite player ever in NFL by by far. Like when I get golf balls, I have number 34 in them. My favorite player was a Chicago bear, Walter Payton. I love that. That's hard to be. It's hard to be a Walter Payton fan in green Bay. Well, that's why people don't know it about you. That's hard. (laughs) Yes. So So I have that. So I don't, but I don't hide that. I I don't shirk from that. Um, uh, I have one hole in one, but I made it on a par four. That's still impressive. I have a hole in one on a par four. Um, and I'm trying to think, is there anything else that people don't absolutely that, that, that would, I'm trying to think, don't know, or that would be shocking. You know what? Um, I, I think them. I have one because um, of the generation of people. My that life not- is an open book to folks. It's okay. I don't have, you know, um, here's the thing about that this? people may not how about this. Go ahead. I, I Go ahead. have three kids and all of them ended up at the university of Arkansas. I mean, you guys just don't care about rivalries. <laughs> I went to Mizzou, and I have a daughter who is now 32, and she went to Arkansas uh, from Tulsa, and my son went to Arkansas, even though he's in Connecticut, and then his sister followed him. She left yesterday. I got all, kind, I got all kinds of hog kids. Woo, pig suey. So that, that must do something to you when they win all the championships and you have to stand there and cover it. No, listen, I, for uh, not really like I know what I'm up against in that conference and I know what my program is at Mizzou. It's you know, it was hard. We contended some in the in the. Um... Oh, there you go. How about this? I measured I measured Joe Dial, one of Joe Dial's world records in the poll. Did Bowl. you really? Yes. In the club, you needed two people to climb up there. And did it. Andy Joslin, my former teammate, Andy Joslin, uh, who was a really nice 800 meter runner in the big eight. I, by the way, that's how old I was in the big eight. Um, and I was the second guy up the ladder to confirm, uh, I think it was Joe's 19, two and a half world record. So it's like, Oh, we're good. Okay, cool. Wow. So you, you are track and field history. That is crazy. One thing that I was thinking of that this generation of people might not know is that you were, you are literally the Jack or the John of all trades, but you master quite literally all of them. You were a key member of a television series called Wipeout, <laughs> which I used to watch. Like, there's this show called The Good Place that is no longer yep. in, but I used to watch Wipeout all the time and laugh at people's misery. Um, it was great fun to do that. You and and uh, uh, the other John, yeah. John Henson. John Henson, oh Jill, what was her what's her last name? She Jill plays Wagner. on Hallmark. Jill, Jill Wagner. Wagner, yeah, plays plays on Hallmark. Has She's about the a- Hallmark queen now. Yeah, so that's almost like this is 
this is the you are who everybody else wishes they could be. Because <laughs> I mean, you're on uh, there t- telling jokes about. There go well. Not if I not if I got to send my kids to Arkansas. No, um, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> no hey, that's nice listen. of you to say. So, but no, it's just like. That's what track and field needs. Track and field needs a wipeout, or at least a setup of a wipeout. That's not what that's not what Woody Kincaid says, man. He had one. He did not like it. Daniel Roberts did not like the wipeout at all. Daniel Roberts would rather not have a wipeout. Well, it would exclude the hurdle. <laughs> it would you know, exclude. There some it would people exclude that went the down hurdle. would rather not. That's for sure, but there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, but that was but, fun. It was a good. It was a good crew to work on, and it was uh, it was a crazy thing that fell in my lap. And I'm, it was seven amazing seasons of fun with those when guys. You're, when you're not talking about people and their accomplishments, and you're not covering track and field, and you're not going to Arkansas, right, or Eugene, or, or Eugene, what are you doing? What, what, what is a day in the life um, of a of a of a boss of the I am, I am trying to uh trying to catch up on sleep. <laughs> uh I do I do most normal things, right? Like I make everybody's bed in the morning and I That's I normal? Think. I don't know. The kids run off to school, so I make their beds in the morning. And I'm usually because I work late the last one out. So, you know, so I'll go ahead and and do that. Uh you know, um, until recently, because I traveled so much, I used to just mow my own lawn because that was fine. I like to do that. Um, I shovel my own driveway. I love to do that. Oddly enough, that's the Wisconsin me. Like I, I love to go out and shovel my own driveway. I hear so, the you know, accent too. It's just amazing. I catch up. You know, um, uh, I usually I have different projects. You know, uh, we talked before we went on. Like right now, I'm narrating a book for a friend of mine. Uh, for his audio book and uh, i just do i just do literally normal stuff like if you think what do, what do normal people do during their day i'm like that's it i balance my checkbook um and then when i really if i'm lucky enough sometimes i get to the golf course oh, um, which i, I love to beautiful. do i love to do and then and then i come back going why the hell did i bother going to the golf course you're miserable at this game um, <laughs> what so, uh what what's been your favorite course to play if I could go play one, I'd go play Southern Hills in Tulsa. So I lived oh. in Tulsa for, it was my first job out of school. Yeah, you worked there. I guess technically, I mean, I, I worked at the NBC station in Columbia while I was still in college. But once I graduated and I lived in Tulsa for eight years, mm-hmm. close to that, if not eight. Um, and that place is still, uh, it's still amazing. I love it. And the other place I'd go play is, because uh, I have a, I have a, um, a place down on Kiowa Island is I love the ocean course at Kiowa Island where they had the P- the last two PGAs, Kiowa Island and Southern Hills. That's where I'd like to go play. I'd like to go play those two places. Oh my gosh. Um, What's the dream location? Uh, probably like everybody else. Like I, I probably would like to play Augusta. Augusta. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I guess, and, and then the other one, I, I would love to go play the old course. I've been there. I got to cover uh, open there. Um, you know, when people go, what are cool things that you've done? And, and you think, okay, well, I've been to, you know, been to the Super Bowl and those kind of things are fun. But like on Tuesday of the open week, um, Van Pelt and I were just walking down the 17th road hole in 18 with Tiger Woods. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. I'll take that. 
Um, that is just, awesome. you know, just 10 minutes and him talk. I said, so I'm, I could still hear the conversation fairly distinctly. And I said something about my daughter's she, she's just, she's not, not getting golf, just not down with it. And he goes, my daughter at the time. Now, remember, this is the one, not this one, the one before that, that, that Zach Johnson of winning. And he had said that, uh, he said, right now, my daughter doesn't like golf because she equates it with daddy's leaving home. Oh. So at the time, Sam's like, oh, dad's golf clubs are out. That means he's going somewhere. So she wasn't wild about golf. Now, maybe she has grown to that as an older person to appreciate what her dad does. Right. But when you're six or seven or whatever, that's how she saw golf was daddy's leaving town. And Aww. so you're like, there's, there's that little moment. There's that little snippet of like, that's a real person, right? That's, right. that's not the guy you see all the time. That's not the, the billionaire guy or the guy who focuses can make everything like, look, that's a real deal. That's, that's, that's a lot of guys, a lot of daughters, dads, you know, doesn't matter what they do, but they see dad and he's leaving for the week to go on a business trip. Gosh, he's leaving on that midnight train to Georgia takes on a new meaning. Listen, by the way, if I could have had anything when I was a kid, I wanted to grow and be a pip. I'd have totally been. Oh, man. What? Oh, listen. Like, I'm there. I would be Merrill. I would be Merrill Knight in a heartbeat. I would love see my, listen, my jam. I have a Motown collection. I love. See, I don't like this new stuff. I love Motown. I love smooth jazz. I love Christmas music. Gladys Knight, the Pips, the, the Temptations, the Four Tops, Jeffrey Osborne, my dog, Luther Vandross, Marvin, G- all that stuff. I could- I think I think the if I turn on my phone here, and I think the most played song on my list is the Isley Brothers. This whole heart of mine is weak for you. This so hard. I think yeah. you're gonna, gonna stay. stay. Yeah, that, that's right there. And you know, one that is criminally underrated um, is Larry Graham's One in a Million You. Oh, one in a million. Chance of a lifetime. Like, I think that's criminal because most people go, oh, that's got to be Lou Rawls or it's got to be something like that. But yeah. oh, put some respect on Drake's uncle's name. Can we That's, get some Graham Central Station right now, please? Graham Central Station. Shout out to the no, I ain't gonna call him a one-hit wonder. Um, <laughs> but that song's amazing. Oh, that's gonna and his play baritone, and when he drives it out, goes, Life had compassion. I'm just like, damn. And then he goes, and sent to me a stroke, stroke of love. It's amazing. You, oh man, that yeah. is so. See, we're on the same page right there. That is a criminally underrated I'm telling song. You, criminally underrated. Oh man, mm-hmm. uh, do you know of the the moments or the Ray Goodman and Brown? No. Okay, maybe that's a little bit before your time. I don't. Um, gosh, see, me and Carrie did this on the show, and we actually did a boys to men tribute. Oh, see, I don't know that. Also, well, like it's, sent- just, it's just like people that are. If you're really in R and B, you know that you know the power between between uh, behind Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes is not Harold Melvin. It's Teddy Pendergrass. It's all Teddy Pendergrass. By the what way, is- the ladies loved Teddy Pendergrass. He was very like you think Marvin Gray, Marvin Gaye got him going up. Uh, Teddy. Or, or even Luther Vandross. I don't think either of those cats could shake a uh, shake a stick at, at at Teddy Pendergrass. When Teddy started hollering, it was game over. 
I mean, you got no shot. Joy. Joy. <laughs> oh, man. What is a criminally underrated? Everybody sings, if you don't know me by now. Yeah. I think Bad Luck is a underrated song. Yeah, and that thing, that's a banger. Bad luck. I mean, that's yeah, that's a, that's, that's a, that thing is that that thing. Yeah, that 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 uh, that thing is a banger. Honestly, like if I'm walking and I see somebody push their cart because they're trying to push it into the little slot where the carts are and it hits the right. hits a car, I'm the bad luck. <laughs> that's what you got. That's what you got. It fits like every situation. You drop a pass, bad. Listen, that that is. <laughs> That is me, man. I mean, that is mm-hmm. gosh. I I had no idea that was on your playlist. I I'm, didn't know I'm, that you yeah, I'm all right. I'm I'm okay, you know. I gosh. still I, I don't have any country and western, but I got a little of that, you know. No, listen, that's all you need, you know. So, a little Peebo, a little Peebo Bryson. Peebo little, Bryson, come on now. A little mm-hmm. uh uh Freddie Jackson. Um, I don't know if you know anything about him a little bit. How about this one? How about Isaac Hayes? Yeah, I mean, outside of, of Shaft, you know. He he has a rendition of Joy that I like. Uh-huh. But um, other than that, it's so funny because I'm list, I've been listening to, that's on my, like Larry Graham is on my summertime playlist. The Osley Brothers, This So Hard of Mine, Been Broke a Thousand Times. That thing's just and the I first have. time I'd heard that song, oddly enough, because I, I like to think I know some of that. The first time I heard it um, was actually on the old show Moonlighting. Okay. Right. Which has some, un- right, which Al Jarreau sings the theme song to that. Um, oh, Al Jarreau's a bad boy, too. He's, listen, ripping Wisconsin, man. He's he's big. Um, After all. But he, uh, um, uh in that, so there's the the guy Bruce Willis plays, David Addison, and he meets his old girlfriend, right? And she just shakes him hard. <laughs> and it's playing in the background when she comes in. I'm like, dang, that song is unbelievable. It's... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I used to watch the Bernie Mac show and some of those <laughs> old songs. Um, he used to play it all the time, uh, whether it was like James Brown or... Uh, the Isley Brothers. Um, if mm-hmm. there was a concert that you wish you could attend from that era, which, and I could totally see you being a pip. Like, I oh, could definitely see. I'm in. Like when we end this, neither one of us is going to want to say goodbye, but somebody's going to have to. Um, <laughs> Listen, it, it, it's it, it's like um, that. You know, you're talking about yeah. Sid. I can see you. So the one I'd go see, the person I have not seen. Um, and I would love to see um, is Stevie Wonder. <laughs> what song does he have to play? Uh, um, let's see. I can remember buying the 45 oh. of Sir Duke. You can um, feel it. Yeah, no, it's um, give me a second. Um, Oh my gosh! It, God, that song never can say but because neither one of us. And then I can see you in the background. <laughs> neither one of us. Right. I can give you the woo woo. I'm I'm down with that. <laughs> um. 
God, there's uh, there just I'm going through, you know, some of the give me two. Just just give me give me two. Yeah, so we'll go with that one. Um, Sir Duke. Yeah, my Sharia Moore is great. Um, Sharia. Uh, um, for once in my life. For once in my life. Yeah. I have someone. Uh, maybe that. I probably, I might want him to sing for once in my life. Yeah. He has so many, and then so many underrated. Like, did you know fingertips that became. Let me hear you hit? Do you realize like that wasn't even a song? He literally just came out to say goodnight and thank people for his little, the amazing little 11 year old Stevie Wonder, whatever it was. And so it was the end of the concert and he was just saying goodbye. And then he just kind of broke into that and the band just kind of came in and followed. Wasn't even meant to be a song. Improv at its finest. And, and then, then it's like, then it's you think the songs, you think the song is over. And then, and honestly, I thought it was over. When just I first got out heard there it. with a harp and busted it out. And the dudes, cause all those Motown guys, the session players were, you know, that, 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 that film, uh, that documentary on the old session oh, players of those guys was amazing. And so they all just were like, all right, cool. We can get down this. Some dude just started a bass line. They jump in and boom. And then you know? it's just like, you think it ends. And then all of a sudden clap your hands just a little bit louder. Right. And to hands. think they all just did that on the spot. Like there were no charts. Nobody wrote that. No, it was into it. They felt the beat. Yeah. Oh man. Speaking of the, am beat, I getting I mean, in trouble because I like Mary Wilson better than Diana Ross? No, what you okay, know about good. Mary Wilson? <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man, am I? No, I'm thinking Mary Wells. But yeah, you might get in trouble. Um, yeah. He, you, he likes Mary Wilson when the Supremes ended. Yeah, we'll, we'll just say that they had some bangers too. Man, mm-hmm. that was just like. And is there a uh, bad duet between? Uh, with with uh, Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye, it's what's the best duet? Um, oh, heaven must I send you from no, um, boy, what's my favorite one when they come? That's through? not my favorite, man. You want me to name a couple? Yeah, um, there's ain't no mountain high enough, which is terrific. Um, there's if there's this world were mine. If you were my, if you were my, um, if I could build my whole world around you, if I could build my whole world around you, that's uh, it, yeah. if I can build my whole world around you, darling, yeah, that's in heaven you know, right shame your that she, she passed too, but yeah, you young kids, mm-hmm. you young kids get educated. I know I said that I said it the right way because that is sure that is, that is. That's the best era of music. I don't know. It's it, you know, like you said, and I I got to that, but I still like you know, um, I'm like like right now I, I probably have, uh, you know, I, I love all things Van Morrison. I love all things Rolling Stones. I'm I'm Bam. more into the Stones and the Who than I am the Beatles. Fair, uh, um, right? Which is not saying, but it's just to preference. Uh, you know, and that would that would be who I prefer, you know. So I got I got I got a lot of yeah. um Van Morrison's uh I got a lot, I, I got a lot of Midwestern white guy in me too, right? Alvin Sachinsky's <laughs> polka band. Oh, uh, I, oh I can't I can't dance, but I can polka, which is ridiculous because uh, you is. don't you don't grow up in Wisconsin with a bunch of Polish people and Catholic weddings without knowing how to polka. Um, there, so yeah, there, there's another one people don't know about me. I can polka. 
You play roll out the barrel. I'll be, I'm your guy. (laughs) Well, I just, I mean, I thought polka was the little dot on a shirt. So I just didn't never realize it was a dance. Oh yeah. You have a great taste. Mm -hmm. I mean, Van Morrison, he had some bangers too. Uh, Crazy love or uh, Mm -hmm. uh, moon dance. I think that's moon dance. Jackie Wilson said is amazing. Uh, Queen of the slipstream. You know, everybody knows Brown Eyed Girl, but you know, there's there's some other ones that you know. The, the low key, the ones Super that low honey. Yes, I remember Maybe. that one. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you see, you you know, if you weren't a pip, you know who you would be perfect with. If you would be an honorary member of Hall and Oates, I could, I could do some Blue Eyed Soul. I'm down with that. I, I like that. Sarah Smile, Rich Girl. Um, yeah, those are those are. It's funny, those songs, for whatever reason, uh, back when, when I was doing Wipeout, that was sort of the iPod days. and um, I still have my iPod, so. Yeah, and so I would work on our, our scripts on stuff on the flight out. And then when I'd get done to take a break, I'd play playlist, and that was on all the time. So now when I hear songs like that um, from the Hall Notes, it makes me think of driving through L.A. and... Um, and uh, and listening to 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 Hall and Oates and going to Wipeout, which is crazy. It's kind of a Pavlovian thing. I'm like, wait, I should be going to the Amarano Hotel, you know. I hope you've recovered from that. That was such a busy schedule for you. I hope you got at least like a couple yeah. hours. Yeah, that one was because I had to go to L.A. to do it. Yeah, oh boy. So that ABC, was- uh, ESPN let me do it, but I had to do it my days off. So you I'd know, five shows here and then I'd fly to L.A. for well, I would do four shows here and I'd take a vacation day or something and go out there for two and a half days and then I'd be back. Hashtag no sleep mm-hmm. team team no sleep. But quickly, before we get into the last part of the interview, I was thinking about the golf that golf is hard to watch on TV at times. At times, mm-hmm. I found the more I learned about the sport, the more I love it. But I got the opportunity to go to the Bay Hill Invitational, Arnold Palmer okay. Invitational. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arnold Palmer's huge down here. I actually got his autograph when I was was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tiger was was playing. Yep. And that was before and all probably the winning because he won it he seven won. times or eight times. He won. When I tell you I was there all day, my friend, um, they had like all these fancy passes where you know you can go in the tents and all this mm-hmm. other stuff there's nothing like being in the midst of greatness like he drew the biggest crowd mm-hmm. and just just i don't know it, it it's hard to explain but there's just when you were talking yeah. about you and van pelt walking um which is like a small forward and a point guard you know, walking together down the court. <laughs> uh, What's man, amazing it, is those guys hit it. Like I can, you can equate it to some degree in track and field in that. Um, although that's where I like, as I love golf and I can find it riveting late, but like track and field's much more exciting. Like oh, it's happening sure. and it's going, but, but if you watch Fred Curley run nine, seven, six, and you think, well, I know how to run, right. You can run, you could run to your mailbox, but you can't run nine, seven, six. And you go, look, I can hit a golf ball. You can, but you can't hit it like any of those guys. 
No. Right. Like it's the same kind of thing. You're like, you, you kind of are um, ostensibly doing the same thing, but you're not doing anything close to the same thing. No, no, no. You're just, you're just not. Put, hey, put I ran, not I ran a mile and a half on the treadmill today. Great. In a time, some other dude ran four miles, you know? So <laughs> literally there was a dude next to me one, a one year doing mile repeats and uh, yeah, well, that's pace, just dumb. Yes, it was. But his pace was like nowhere near what the elite elite, which is crazy, which is why you can't. It's silly when fans criticize track. Like, oh, he's just slow. He it's like, no, like your average yeah. Joe or Sue cannot go out there and do anything. Or your NFL player that goes out and says, oh, I can run that fast. No, no you can't. Listen. Like Metcalf was a Metcalf was a nice showing, but he's still he's not quite there, you know. They, and there have been guys they, gone the other way, right? Michelle Carter's dad, Michael Carter, was unbelievable, and he threw the shot. Yeah. And he he was great, and so there are a few that cross lines. I'll be anxious to see how Devin Allen does. I hope he does great. Um, but, but think about it, man. Like Tyreek Hill, I was in high school, so actually, wow. Mm-hmm. Now I think about it, I saw Tyreek Hill run. In high school, because they came down right. to Golden South. Golden South was at the high school I used to attend. Okay. As fast as he is, mm-hmm. he's not breathing on what Usain Bolt was doing, what Noah not Lyles anymore. was doing. No, like when he came out of high school, listen, he was the he was the high school athlete of the year. He's tracking field news as high school athlete of the year. So he was legit. Um, but but not anymore. He doesn't train that way, he gets beat no. up every day, you know, getting tackled. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that's a, that's a contact sport. He gets beat up every day and bruises and, and he's really fast, but he's not that fast anymore. You know, it's a different deal. Yeah. So Devin Allen, we're rooting for you. Totally. Um, Really rooting for you. Uh, Billy uh, is, is so is better off having him on the team. Let's jump into our last topic. Then we're going to wrap this up with a bow. Okay. What do you want to see out of track and field? How how do you think we can really push this sport forward and elevate it forward? So I want to see more of it, but that might mean seeing less of it. Um, I think maybe there are too many meets, mm. but I want to see more of it. Right. I'd like to see more of it. I, I like, like what's tomorrow. The diamond league on Wednesday is in Monaco, Monaco. starts at two in the afternoon or something. Um, uh, but I'd like to see it. I would like to not have it all be behind a paywall, whether it's NBC's paywall or whether it is Flowtrack's paywall or Runner Space paywall. I'd like to see it. I get it. Those people have businesses and to televise it costs money or to show it or stream it. So I, I understand that. Um, but I'd, li- I'd like to see, I'd like to have more access of it. And if I could see it, that would be great. And then I would like to have the best people um, uh, meet more often. And if that means that, like we might have a few too many post-collegian pros, um, but I'd like to see Fred and Christian Coleman in a lane together more often. Right. And I'd like to see, and I think we get it. I think the 200 Monaco is loaded. I think we get Knight and Michael Kenny Norman. and Michael Norman's thrown in there as well. Kenny's so hurt. Again, I know he had a little something and he broke his toe in December and, his last race, he pulled up with like a, yeah. I don't know if it was a hamstring or a quad. I don't. I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to but assume. I, so I'd like to see that more often. 
you know. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think we need to see, I get people go, Oh, we need more robberies. Yeah, that helps. But, but you just need to see more good on good. You know, there's a reason that Alabama, Georgia rates better than Alabama Wofford. <laughs> Listen, all, all powerful Wofford. That's great. Um, and, and how about I'll, I'll even pick my own, the Missouri, Alabama. And so every once in a while, because of the way it's structured and agents go and because your appearance fees are different and all that other stuff, we get a lot of we got a Bama, a lot of Bama Wofford and not enough Bama, Georgia yeah. um, when they when they come through. So you, that, you make, that's some a of great that point. some of that goes to some of that goes to how you could change the funding of the sport, which is a whole nother conversation. But most of these guys that are making money get rich because or make their money because they're sponsored and they make money off of whatever their shoe contract is. And so they got to race a few times a year, but they want to win. Otherwise they, that shoe money isn't great. Well, if, if all that shoe money was actually prize money and the money that's the prize money was the shoe money, you know, here's the extra, right? LeBron makes 40 million a year or whatever. And so what he makes from Nike is whatever is, is not his main source of income. It's great, but it's not his main source. So if, if, there was more money in the prize pool than more dudes would show up to race for that money. Cause that's where they'd make the living as the opposed truth. to going, Hey, I've got my shoe money, but I want to protect my record a little bit. So I can only afford to race against these guys a couple of times. Um, so I think that would help too, but you know, and the shoe companies would go for it. They, I, I, they I have no doubt that they're like, great. We're paying Sid all this at new balance. We're paying Fred all this at Nike. We're paying, you know, pick whomever. Um, at this point, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's not strictly charitable, but it, for them, it would be money better spent if, you know, that money was in the prize pool and not strictly just as, as sponsorship money. We need to call you Pastor Anderson because you're preaching tonight. Um, and another thing, I mean, I love the football point and then I'll get to my last question and we'll do rapid fire, but you talk about Alabama, Georgia, that's an out-of-conference game. We need it is a conference more, game. I'm not, it's a conference game, I'm sorry, but it's uh, non-divisional. Right. It's not in the same division. Um, but you need those non-division games. But you also need those out-of-conference games. You need those, um, you know, Ohio State versus uh, Notre Dame and the Georgia and Oregon I would love to see more of, um, you know, the young Jamaican oblique Seville, who I think has a great future come mm -hmm. up and, you know, or Fred Curley. I would love Fred see Fred Curley go down to Kingston and, yeah. you know, maybe have like, well, you he know, went to Nairobi, got his ass handed to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. I would like to see that too. And I, I listen, I'm selfish. I'd like to see more of it here in the States, but right now, um, Although I do, I, I've seen some meets where you're in Europe and for all the talk, you're like, all right, there's been some sparse crowds in Europe too. Um, Listen, do you, but I understand the Commonwealth games. The I understand but. the Commonwealth games slapped when it comes to attendance, but oh boy, I mean, they are saying it with their whole chest about how they are, you know, 10 times far and away better. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, U.S. swimming has dual at the pool. Let's see a duel on the track. Let's see a USA versus Canada matchup. Let's see a uh, uh, But I don't want gimmicky stuff. I want I, a I sprint don't want, series. Yeah. 
right? Like, I don't want to go, okay, because Grant's talking about this. He goes, I want to race Rye Benjamin at like 200 meter hurdles or 250. No. I don't want to see gimmicky stuff. I want to see the real stuff. If you're in your lane and that's, you know, I, I want to see that. I think the other thing we could do, and it's funny. So when I was doing the high jump at one point, when they got to 230, which is what, seven, six? Yeah. Close to that. So when they got to 230, when they got to two meters 30, I mentioned that Dwight Stones was the first guy to clear 230. Right. At the time, it was world record. He was the first man over 2.30. And so he texts me because he's watching the high jump. And he goes, uh, he goes that record, I, I did that, he goes, 49 years ago, like last week. And so I'm calling, but I text him, like, where was it? And he said it was in Munich. And it was a meet between the U.S., Switzerland, and West Germany. Hmm. And I thought, we could do that more, too. We like, could. the U.S., the U.S., uh, Russia dual meet used to be a huge thing, man. Wild world of sports was all over it and world records were set. Pat Matsdorf, the speaking of Wisconsinites, he set the world record there when he jumped seven, whatever it was, four and a half or so he jumped seven, five and a quarter. Maybe that was it. He jumped three, three, he had a three, three inch PR at this meet against the Soviets. Um, and we used to do that. And I think you could do that. Let's have a, let's have a U.S. British duel or let's have a U.S. British um, or, you know, uh, uh, the Norwegians are big right now. Let's, let's bring them in. You know, um, people are low to do that. Cause there aren't that many people that, as you can see, that have the, that can give us a run for our yeah. money. You know, yeah. Jamaicans are starting to expand, right? They still aren't, you know, you get past what, uh, you know, the 800 and, and it's gone. Um, Really, the four hundred. They don't have. Yeah, uh, but they've got oh. some. I was in, uh, in in Ghoul. She's Jamaican. They're they're starting to get. Oh, there. the women's side. Yes, yes, the women's, women's side. side. But you know, they could if, if they could find that. There's a couple of throwers that are out there, um, but so that makes it hard. I don't know, you know, and you, you're not you're never going to find a Kenyan thrower field event squad to come through. But I don't know. I would love to see some more meets like that. I think that would be fun to put more international flavor in it. I don't think when we go, well, we got to have teams. And I know they tried that to some degree, you know, and I love Vin Lanana when they did the, the track town series. Um, but you can't just arbitrarily go, okay, here's San Francisco's team and here's Chicago and here's New York and put teams that. on them and say, okay, you and I are going to be from there and we're going to draft these because there's the civic pride is not really drawn into that. You're not, you know, right. It, 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 it's hard to do that. Now, if you had all San Francisco athletes, it's one thing or all New York, or you want to have a California, Texas meet, that'd be great to see if you'd come through with that. Maybe you and I should do that. You know um, you know, if you've got some tie to Texas, great. So I can have Ryan Krauser and I can have Fred, Fred Curley and some of those things. Um, Texas versus Florida, you know, right. Yeah. Bring it on. You could find some guys. Um, but I think that would be a unique way to look at it. And you could do some stuff there too. I will say this about Africa, the African nations, they're starting to breed some sprinters. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we, they we, got we, some we, dudes. Yep. Why it's the last question in rapid fire. Why do you love the sport so much and what gives you hope going forward? Uh, well, I always have hope just because of the athletes, right? They just keep coming, man. One replaces another. Uh, I say that at the NCAA meet all the time. The meet never disappoints. And you're like, how are we ever going to replace Fred Curley? Oh, look, Michael Norman came and ran faster. <laughs> um, how are we going to replace, how on earth are we going to replace Grant Holloway? 
oh, oh, wait, look, Sorry, here, here comes. Well, and not even that sport, but here comes, here comes Sid. Okay. How are we going to get rid of, how are we going to replace Sid? Look, there's a thing, Mo. Like the sport replenishes. So because of that, I always have, you know, there's hope for that. So that, that's my hope all the time for it. And I forget, what was the first part of it? Why do you love it so much? And I love it. Uh, I love it just, uh, one, because I competed in it. Um, and I love it, I think, just because to me, it's still sort of the simplest and the purest sport. And you can line up at the World Championships in Oregon and race 100 meters. But if you're eight years old, Man, you get the same feeling if you say to your buddy, I will race you to that tree and you take off and you get them right. Like, I think there's something universal about it. Um, it's why I like to watch um, as much as I love the NCAA Division One meet. I don't mind when you can see N NAI meets and stuff like that, that mm -hmm. I go to smaller ones. Um, because what it takes to be good, if you're in the right division, is the same thing. Exactly. The guy who wins the mile at, at the world championships and the guy who wins the mile at the NA, NAIA championships, they go through the same thing. They, sure they run the same repeats. The difference is one guy runs his mile repeats at, you know, 407, and the other guy runs his at 445, whatever. But the effort to be good at whatever is exactly the same. It's required. Um, and I enjoy that. And, I, I you know, I, I have great memories of teams I was on um, and a part of, and all that stuff is just, you know, uh, has been instilled to me that that's why I, I, I love it. And then, and then I'm just awed by some of the performances when they go through, right. I look at Mondo and I go, wow, that's amazing that Fred Curley, when we all said Fred was nuts, you know, cause he ran, you know, dude, you ran 43, whatever. 4360 and, and something. Yeah. I think it was 4365. Cause then, then Michael ran 4345. But it's just, um, you know, that he can go, well, I'm going to go do that. And you're like, damn, he can't, you know, yeah, or you watch Ryan, Ryan Krauser and you're like, that dude just, you know, he just threw that, he threw that pearl like it was nothing. Like a tennis so, ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's the same reason I like baseball over soccer and people go, baseball's boring and people go, soccer's boring. I'm like, it is and it is, but I prefer one over the other, you know. Potato, so, potato. It does yep. not matter. You have survived the interrogation portion of this podcast. Excellent. Um, we are now to our last segment called Down to Home Stretch. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. I want you to answer them to the best of your ability as fast as you can. Okay. If you if you do not, it is okay. But I will say there is increasing pressure to catch the. Really, we have two people who are the gold medalists. You're trying to make the medal stand. All right. So our gold medalists for this segment happen to be Marley Stolliper from NC State okay. and our friend Carrie Tolson. Well, I can't compete with her, but okay. Are you ready? I'll do what I can. Let's go. If there was a food that you had to live with and live without for the rest of your life, what would they be? Uh, I would live without broccoli forever, and I would live with cheese. What kind of cheese? Doesn't matter. Okay, cool. If you had to be a part of any team, regardless of sports, and play any role, what team would it be? Uh, I'd have been on the 85 Bears. 
and I would love, I would have loved to um, uh, been in the secondary and just blitz once. Okay, I I respect that. Yeah. That would be awesome. Hey, that just looked like a that looks like a fun group, didn't it? It's scary the way yeah. that they play defense. Yeah, um, and how we'll probably never see it again. Exactly. Um, essentially, what's the best atmosphere of any sport that you've been to? Uh, the best atmosphere, uh, the Grove at Ole Miss was not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's for sure. Um, and uh, I'm trying to make a quick uh, mental note. Uh, and then uh, when I was at um, the the Mizzou KU game, when Christian Moody missed two sure free throws to. Oh. Uh, win the game missed them both and missouri won in overtime um Oof. was also was also an all-time atmosphere at uh at the place if they were going to make a movie about your life who is the actor that you want to portray your character and what's the name of the movie uh who would play me um uh i would like i would like daniel craig to do it okay i'm just a bond guy and and I'm thinking, okay, he's he's current. I like that. And what would it be called? Um, golly, um, I got to think of a catchy title, huh? Um, I I call it Midwest Funk. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if that that would work, but I'd take it. That that would be really hard again. So, um, uh, there's a great poem called. Uh, uh, you know what? I'll do this I'll, because I just got turned on to it. Uh, John Anderson, my Joe, which is no as the title of a Robbie Burns poem from the 1700s, the great Scottish poet. Um, John okay. Anderson, my Joe. Okay, John Anderson, my Joe. I like yeah. that. If you had to tour with any band at any era, who would you go on tour with? I'd go on tour with the Rolling Stones. With the Rolling Stones, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't make it very long, but I'd be there as long <laughs> as I could. Just to be there for a day. Just, just a little <laughs> of the debauchery. Oh, man. All right, what's the best era of television? Um... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 70s. Um, I watch it now, and I think how it, um, innocent it all seemed. You know, what compared to what we have now, and what was like Charlie's Angels was considered racy. Um, yeah. But it's hard to beat the the cop dramas back then. Like now, the only thing we have is everything's an NCIS, and so God forbid you if you don't like forensic medicine. Uh, but back in the day, you had Jim Rockford and Beretta, and you had Kojak and Quincy and I, it, he's the early onset of forensic medicine. I'm, d I'm down with those guys. Uh, Great this cop shows, Starsky I'm and Hutch. This doesn't kind of get some time. Did you watch Hawaii Five-0? Yes. I'll tell you an underrated Cannon, show. Cannon, Barnaby Jones, all of it. You know a Monday show night that actually- football with Monday Night Football, when Monday Night Football had, you know, Danny hey. Don and Frank and Howard. Yeah, 70s in. My thing, uh, my old show that I used to watch was Columbo. He's there too, 70s, right? That's uh, our man. Columbo. There's one thing bothering me. There's just one thing, man, before I, there's one thing bothering me. I, I just wonder how 
who washed his clothes and how many cigarettes or whatever could he he put around Man, um that and guy, like, yeah he, he he was a smooth operator mm-hmm. all right if you and john butch grass could start a band what would it be called listen butchie is is a music savant <laughs> you are too no he he, no. he he is not like that Although I tell you what, we went on a golf trip last year. We went and saw that because he's a Steeler fan. They played Lambo, so we went and we played golf. And we were in the car a lot, man, and we rocked some great old '70s and '80s stuff from when we were back in the day, which is amazing. So first off, I yeah, Butchie would have to be. He would be the lead singer, or he'd be whatever the coolest, hippest, sexiest part of the band is. Would totally be JB. So he's uh, the Teddy totally Pendergrass. Johnny. Yeah, and then I just I would be you know literally I'd be the freaking guitar tech. Uh, to that guy, so 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 pretty much Hall and Oaks. We could be that. We could, yeah, we could do that. We might if we could get, uh, um, if we could get Van Pelt, we could maybe be Men at Work. Oh uh, boy! <laughs> oh man, that would be. Yeah, we 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 had to recruit him in. Um, you guys, if you guys had like an ESPN thing, you guys give me Morris Day and the Time Vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, well, then we get Mike Eves involved, right? Yeah. Oh boy. Michael B. Michael B. Right there for that. Oh yeah. man. And Michael's Jay all Her- in. Michael's all in on Prince. Hard. Oh my gosh! And you got Jay Harris on the bass. Yeah. Um. Any man, that's crazy. All right. Last two questions. Dream vacation spot. Um, dream vacation spot because uh, I kind of have it. I love to go down to the beach in Carolina, which is fun. Um, I really want to go uh, to Italy. I, I need. To, I have never been, so I'd love to go to Rome and Florence, and and uh, I, I'd go. I'd go to Italy. All right. Last technically is me a bonus question, but favorite Midwest trend that the world needs to get hit to. Or Wisconsin trend. Yeah, see, here's the thing. I haven't lived there in 20 some odd years uh, or 30 years. So, because uh, I don't know that the poke is a trend. So I don't really know what's, I don't know what's trending. And I go to Packer games. And I'm like, you're still playing the Rolling Stones started up. You've played the same song for 30 <laughs> years. Maybe we could lie. We could just update the playlist even a little bit. Oh boy. Um. So Midwest, but I, you know, because I think of Midwest, St. Louis, you know all that stuff so i don't know what's really trendy um but we could go back like i just think i think the world all needs to the world needs now besides love sweet love um, the only thing is is uh they the world could stand more butter burgers it'd be a better place if we brought that just that's that's fair that's fair um by the way and if you haven't ever seen the tom jones Sammy Davis Jr., what the world needs now is love, sweet love. I have. Okay, yeah. so look it up. Look it up. You can text me later and thank me. I will. Um, and once you see it, you'll know why I've told all my friends, this is this needs to be played at my funeral. Just play it at my funeral. Oh, man. Yeah, Tom Jones, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Tom Jones. When this is love. over, I'm going to look and I'm going to text you in the morning. Last yeah. question. Why does kindness matter to you? Uh, one, because, uh, the opposite is just debilitating and tears people apart, you know? Um, and as I tell my kids all the time, uh, cause it doesn't cost nothing to be nice to another person. 
man. And if we've learned anything, at least I think in the pandemic, is that once you're home a long time, you realize you, you need people in your life. And this is great to talk like this, but it'd be better to do it at the Wild Duck. Um, or since happen. you're in Orlando, you know, we'll take my silver pass and we'll, we'll do it on a monorail uh, at Disney. But It'll kindness, be broken, ma so kindness yeah. matters because people need people. Um, and you, you, we need companionship and you need friends and you need people to rely on and um, people to back you up. There's just, there's any manner of reasons that it's the human race and we all need to get together and, and do things right. And kindness is where you start all of that is just being nice to the next guy. And it doesn't cost a thing to be nice. We would not do it at Disney because the monorail would probably be broken. Um, but Careful we'll of my employer now. Okay, well, Disney hooked me up with some passes. Then, okay, you know, we careful, the mouse still but signs my check. That's fair, that's fair. And if you have a pass, then I am down. Yeah. Because uh, there, there's a couple restaurants that I mess with, including uh, Guy Fieri's Chicken Guy, which I've never been to. But I will say we can meet at Culver's. We can do that too. Um, because Culver's is the only place that has every animal Sorry, vegans, but you can get a chicken sandwich, you can get a burger, or you can get a pork chop sandwich. So yeah, yeah you get a, they got like a little um a little what is it, a short rib or something. They got a pot roast. They pot got that. Roast. Yeah, they got they yeah. have a they have a Reuben. And shout out to the girl who when I asked, should I have the Reuben? And she just looked like she wanted to cry. So thank you for telling me no. John, you're not on social media, but you have a wonderful podcast. Where can the people find that? Um, it's just, if you just log on or, or check any of your basic places that you get podcasts or those things, and just look up inside Wisconsin, we're there guy named Trevor Thomas, who's back in green Bay, holding it down. Uh, I have the Connecticut office, <laughs> um, but you can find it on, you know, you can find hints and misses on YouTube inside wiscoshow.com, I believe is the actual uh, address. Uh, but most of the place, as they say now, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can find it it's inside Wisconsin, and it's exactly what the name says it is. It's people from Wisconsin. So if you know what a bubbler is and you dig a brandy old-fashioned, we're the spot you need to be. Brandy old-fashioned. That sounds that that would be a great band. <laughs> the brandy old-fashioned? The brandy old-fashioned. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a running joke with the guy I worked with in, in Oklahoma for a long time, a fellow named John Holcomb. And uh, we always joke when somebody comes up with something like that. I'm like, oh, that was the name of our band in high school. So right. like lactic acid was the name of our band in high school, right? It's just there's certain words that you're like, that sounds like a great band name. You lactic know? acid is a lifestyle when I look at people run far distances. So, <laughs> so yeah. listen, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. You all you in, the, in the crowd, you know where to find me because I told you before the show started. So be sure to follow, be sure to like, subscribe, support, and we will catch you next time.